Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Getting ready to represent Christ to your world today. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Hour 2 of Mornings Without Carmen. I'm Peter Kapsner filling in for today on the 6th of November and had some great conversations, a lot about C.S. Lewis, a lot about how to interact with people when we're living in the tension relationally of our days in Hour 1. So by all means, go back and listen to the podcast, the the on-demand episodes as they get put up later today on our Faith Radio website. And Paul Perot, at the top of this hour, uh, time to maybe do some lighter headlines. We sure cover a lot of the, the heavier stuff, but some pretty interesting things that you've printed out here. This morning, now one of which is that uh, Baby Nancy, Jenga, and Sidewalk Chalk are now in the National Toy Hall of Fame. Now, I have to confess, I didn't know there was such a thing as the National Toy Hall of Fame. You but, didn't know about that? Well, I, you know, it's not necessarily sort of on the forefront of my of my consciousness on a, on a daily basis about what's in the Toy Hall of Fame. Though I love my toys, and I, I'm now thinking of mm-hmm. any number of toys that probably could have been candidates. And, and there were some others, including My Little Pony and Light Bright, which is certainly from the era oh, yeah. in which I've grown up. But Jenga, I think Jenga was a pretty worthy entrant at this point. I mean, it, it is a game of high risk. Yeah. It is a game of high tension. You don't know if that block that you're going to pull out is going to be the one that causes this entire uh, entire tower to crumble. Pretty exciting game. Okay, I, I struggled on this one because is it a toy or is it a game? I, I like to differentiate because okay, it isn't technically like a board game. Right. You know, m- like Monopoly, which I, if I heard correctly, that's in there. But, uh, you know, games and toy... <sighs> There, there should be there should be a board game museum. But so you're introducing. So we're we're trying to do lighter headlines, and now you're introducing controversy even into the toy and the board sorry. game. <laughs> I love it. Jenga named after uh, the Swahili Swahili word to build. So oh, uh, so maybe celebrate some of this today by playing a little bit of Jenga if you have it at home. Another headline today, and and this one I was a little bit more uh, disturbed by that they have uh, four versions of candles that are coming out that are scent candles, yeah. and they're labeled under the category 2020 scent candles and. So 2020 cents is things that represent this year somehow. And, mm-hmm. I, and I can get my head around uh, banana bread. And, well, and, I, I, I'm... And I mean, banana, banana bread's good fine. any year. Yeah, yes. and, and, and Woody Muss and Budget Aftershave. I'm not sure why those. But the, <laughs> but this fourth one is the one that really I'm having trouble with. And so there's a scent of hand sanitizer in the candle. I don't know about you, but I already have had enough of my share of the aroma of hand sanitizer this year. Not to mention I can't open up a plastic bag anymore because my hands are so dry exactly, from hand sanitizer exactly, all day, right? So, so, yeah, so those are the four candles. One more uh, for those people that enjoy Disney World, as I have historically, and, and going in and sort of uh, escaping is not the right word. But there's a sense of wonder. There's mm-hmm. there, there's a sense of, of the sort magic of beauty. Kingdom. Yeah. It yeah. really is the Magic Kingdom. But they are changing their iconic entrance sign. Instead of the slogan, where dreams come true, it will say the most magical place on earth. Changing some of the flags. I know Disney World in a time where it has been down from an attendance standpoint. They have done quite a bit of updating and revision of the park, including the repainting of Cinderella's Castle. So for those people that do enjoy mm. Disney, it is going to be a different experience uh, up here in the year ahead, if these theme parks sort of ever open uh, again in any meaningful way. So 
no more dreams? No. Well, I think the dreams are still there. I do hope they have the fireworks. And when Tinkerbell uh, zip lines down from the top of the castle <laughs> down to the restaurant halfway across the park, it's great I've stuff. I've never been there for that. So, uh, well, I, I, I can't like confirm or deny that I maybe even <laughs> teared up a little bit at that moment. So great stuff. Uh, fun new headlines of the day. I know we've got a lot going on in the world. And, and uh, clearly that doesn't take away uh, from the seriousness of what is happening in, in our country. But it's nice to remember that there are other things going on as well. And I just want to once again reiterate something that we started the top of this program with at the six o'clock in the early hour of the show that john 16 33 says this be of good cheer there is going to be trouble in this world says jesus but take care i have overcome the world and that is even why as christians in the midst of all of this we can step back and laugh with freedom because we know that the outcome is certain even though there's trials and tribulations undoubtedly ahead somebody who knows a lot about that kind of thing as well and represents the christian community and media is adam holtz regular contributor here on friday mornings we're going to chat with him next about some of the media and movies of the day. And of course, those horns mean that Adam Holtz of PluggedIn.com is going to be joining us to talk through some of the different media, movies, films, books, you name it, video games. Adam can cover it all. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Peter. Great to hear your voice. I don't know if you heard some of the top of the hour stuff there, but we were talking a little bit about some of the 2020 scent candles. And I can't imagine right? that you are compelled by the hand sanitizer aroma as well. Or is that one that you're going to jump out for your Christmas stockings at this well, point? Well, I think that my clarifying question is, which hand sanitizer smell are we talking about? <laughs> are we talking about the old-fashioned one, which is Purell, which basically smells like alcohol, or the nasty stuff that they get from, you know, plants that smells like something rotting? I think the first time I got one of those alternate ones, I'm like, <laughs> oh, my word, what did I just put on my hands? I mean, one's bad and one's worse, so... <laughs> <laughs> it is a. I definitely got one uh, a version of an organic one from a from a health food store, and let's just say, yeah, the the scent was uh, decidedly different uh, for that yes. <laughs> version of it. So organic well, is the right word, uh, right? Indeed, indeed. Well, lots to cover. Even though, uh, of course, theaters remain uh, mostly shut down, other than the potentially showing some of the older movies or the occasional new release. But there are some different uh, things that we can still review this morning, including the movie The Secret Dare to Dream. So tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, The Secret Dare to Dream is a movie that stars Katie Holmes and Josh Lucas, and she plays uh, a struggling single mom who, if it can go wrong for her, it either has or it will. And she has sort of submitted to this, uh, I guess we'll call it an Eeyore mindset of everything is going to just always be bad. And... That's when she, of course, has a car accident. Uh, but the guy she hits uh, is a guy named Bray. And it turns out Bray was looking for her. So he is thankful that they have had an accident to bring them together. And Bray is, uh, he's not an angel, but he almost has that, you know, angel or messenger from another place kind of vibe about him, almost like a prophet. And his message for her character, whose name is Miranda, uh, basically is that we create our reality with our mind um, and that when we're positive, we shape the universe in positive ways. And when we're negative, we shape it in negative ways. He says, nature can be very powerful, but so are you. 
the more you think about something, the more you draw it to you. And uh, I want to make an important distinction here. This um, this movie is based on the book The Secret, which was really popular. Uh, Oprah Winfrey featured right. it. And uh, the author, Rhonda Burns, said that she drew inspiration from Matthew 21, 22. Ask whatever you want in prayer you will receive if you have faith. Uh, but let us be very clear. This is not a Christian movie, nor is there a direct reference to that passage of Scripture here. And we're into something that is not just positive thinking or optimism. I mean, obviously, our faith gives us reason to have hope, to be optimistic, to be thankful. That's not what we're talking about here. This is a movie that sees positivity as a magical force for you to control reality, uh, including all the way up to redirecting a hurricane that's bearing down on them. So um, this is an odd duck of a movie. And, and here it gets weirder. <laughs> We're not done yet. It's also rated PG and there's virtually no content. A couple profanities, uh, some characters, you know, drinking casually, but um, there's nothing here that really detracts from it being pretty family friendly in terms of content. And I think it leaves us in an unusual place. I think if you have thoughtful older tweens or teens, you could actually watch this movie and it would be a great worldview exercise hmm. to really <clears throat> dive in together and dissect the attitudes and the perspectives and the philosophy that's here. Because in some ways it sounds appealing. I mean, who doesn't want to be more positive, but Obviously, we know as believers, we do not control reality. God does. Um, and so at its core, it's a pretty flawed movie philosophically and theologically. And Adam, I know you, that you have uh, kids in your house, too, of various ages. And something that we've been talking about more so here over the, even the last couple weeks and months in academia and in some church environments is how increasingly pluralistic our world is becoming as, as you know, sort of the world has become smaller, collision of cultures, and people don't always maybe feel as equipped and empowered to discuss other worldviews. But for our kids, right, I mean, they, they are living in the collision of a lot of different religious and philosophical worldviews. So this is one thing parents can do to begin to equip themselves in understanding a lot of the other worldviews, because without that just general understanding, it's tough to shepherd our kids in this environment. Oh, that's right. You know, I think there was a time where we might have assumed that having some basic family devotions and taking our kids to church would suffice to, to really equip them to navigate the world. But it was a world that was much more uniform and that hadn't either deviated from or wholesale rejected a Judeo-Christian worldview uh, and now, you know, the Christian worldview is just one set of ideas in a competing marketplace. And we've got to give our children practice in thinking through that so that they understand what applying our faith, applying critical thinking, you know, doing a compare and contrast exercise with virtually, you know, anything that you see or hear on TV, uh, you can do that. And as we practice that, I think that gives them confidence to own their their faith and to know that it's a robust, it's a muscular faith, that it has what it takes to compete in the marketplace of ideas. 
um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I love that phrase, muscular faith, because when you do dive in, Christianity does really stand the, you know, the, the ability to have it examined and looked at, and, and it somehow has a way of standing, because I think it's true, right, at the end of the day, and truth does tend to win out. Well, let's uh, take a short break here, Adam. When we come back, we've got more movies that we can cover, including one that I was a little disturbed by when I saw the trailer flash across. My wife, Hallie, and I were, th- were thinking, what's gotten into Kevin Costner in this movie, Let Him Go? <laughs> uh, and then we also have a, a, a different story here in Operation Christmas Drop. So let's cover those next here on Mornings Without Carmen. Welcome back to the show. Chatting with Adam Holtz of Plugged In. You can go to PluggedIn.com and read, uh, as always, the great and very helpful and uh, quite precise reviews that help us sort of anticipate what we're going to watch ahead of time, especially if we're sitting down with our kids or grandkids. And Adam, uh, we have this movie, Let Him Go. I referenced it uh, before the break and the idea of Kevin Costner, who's in a very different kind of role. And and when the trailer came across the screen, I thought, where is the Kevin Costner that I love from Field of Dreams? This is a very different version of him. Yeah, this is Kevin Costner... Uh, living in Wyoming and packing heat. Um, <laughs> that's that's the upshot. He is uh, a retired police officer, and he is married to a character played by Diane Lane. And they have a daughter-in-law. Their son has died. Their daughter-in-law remarries and remarries a guy who's just kind of, how shall we put it colloquially, he's a bad egg, uh, <laughs> and they know it. And so he's going to move their new family back to North Dakota. Um, and, of course, Fargo took place there. So, you know, North Dakota in movie land is sort of code for, uh-oh, what's going to happen now? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I apologize to all your listeners in North Dakota. Not really trying to bag on North Dakota. Anyway, I digress. Um, they figure out that this guy is pretty abusive, and so they – they follow them to to basically pull their grandson out of this, and and when they get there, they find out that, uh, you know, we're not quite in deliverance territory, but we're in that neck of the woods in terms of, this family is bad bad news, and luckily, Kevin has a gun, and and really that's what you need to know here. This is an R-rated movie. It's R-rated for violence. There's one scene in particular, that I think on its own probably earns the R rating. Uh, and then other than that, just uh, lots of people getting shot. Mm-hmm. So probably so, not necessarily one that we're just going to run to the theater and flock and see, right? No, this is not – this is an odd movie to release right now. Uh, you know, I guess in, unless you're looking for some sort of angry catharsis and you think Kevin Costner shooting people in North Dakota is going to get the job done. Um, yeah, you can probably cross this one off your list. Fair enough. Well, it sounds like there's some happier, more inspiring movies that are being released here as we uh, anticipate the Christmas season coming up and the weeks ahead. And we've got uh, both Operation Christmas Drop, which is coming soon, but you referenced one that you has already come onto the the site that you have a review for, and that's Midnight at Magnolia. So tell us about that. Yeah, you know, um, Netflix is really uh, shamelessly emulating the Hallmark Channel's success with Christmas movies. Mm. Um, and uh, Operation Christmas Drop, we'll have our review up for that later today. But Midnight at the Magnolia is uh, a very typical hallmark e kind of movie in that you've got two people who have grown up together. Their parents owned a hotel. Uh, now they're on a radio show together, and the hotel's going to close, and they have to save the hotel um, and of course they have to pretend to be in love with each other because of a particular plot twist. I won't go into it, but you know, in movies like these, when people pretend to be in love with each other, 
it's pretty much just a warm up for actually being really in love with each other because <laughs> uh, it turns out they were secretly in love with each other anyway. Uh, what I like about these movies is uh, this one's rated G. I mean, you got a little bit of smooching, but other than that, there's not much uh, to be worried about. There's not, you know, a little tiny bit of name calling. But in 2020, if the worst name calling we hear is bonehead and idiot, I think I can live with that. So uh, these are feel good movies. Um, Honestly, these are the kind of movies that I, I understand their popularity right now because they're a, they're a light, content-free escape with a, you know, a fun little romance at the middle. Uh, we know what's going to happen, but that's kind of the fun of it is seeing how they, how they manage to you know, do the same plot again in a new way. Yeah, my daughter references that often when she watches some of the rom-coms or the Hallmark movies and saying, so let me get this straight. This movie is going to be about two people that sort of meet and begin to show interest in each other. And then some exogenous event is going to break them apart. And then it's about how do they get back together again, right? And with the happy ending, that's sort of how these movies are scripted out. That's right. Although I'm reasonably certain I have never heard the word exogenous in a Hallmark movie. <laughs> That's probably so, fair to say. I'm not I even sure what that. it means. It seemed like it was the right word to put in that, that from phrase. From the outside, I think. From the outside. That sounds about right. Well, we've got some other things that we can cover here, too. I, I was uh, mental wellness playlist. It seems like we could use a little mental wellness these days. So tell us about that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I read these articles and I think, well, duh. And this is basically just the idea that people are listening to soothing music to calm their anxiety and their nerves. And between, <clears throat> you know, the crazy election season we have had, and I think no matter where you're at politically, we can all agree it's been a crazy election cycle. Indeed. Um, to COVID-19, to just, you know, having kids at home if you're on lockdown. It's 2020 has been a hard year. And... Um, a mental wellness, a mental health playlist. Um, it's just a list of songs you like. And, you know, we know from research, and we've known this for a long time, when we hear our favorite songs, it gives our brain a little shot of dopamine. It's like a little happy pill that just sort of bathes our cranium in good feelings. And, um, you know, if you get addicted to that or spend too much time there, we would say that's potentially a problem. But this is sort of the other end of the spectrum. With so much bad news, you know, sometimes we need just a little hit of dopamine to to help us out. You know, I, I was driving to work the other day and, you know, Don't Stop Believing by Journey came on. <laughs> I can't not sing that one when that one comes on. You can't not sing No, it, I know. You know. I don't even know all and, the words and I kind of mumble through them, but it's worth it. Exactly. Um and so our favorite music makes us feel good. And right now, I think that if that's a strategy that can help you, that's great. But I also think as, as believers, um, that feels like we're sort of dealing with the symptoms. We're not dealing with the roots, right? right. So nothing wrong with enjoying Journey or whatever, you know, gets your, your brain candy going. Um, but we need to also take time to just sort of Submit our anxieties and our fears to God and just talk to him and just say, you know, Lord, I today I feel really anxious and I need your help. And I think it can be just that simple that expressing our feelings, expressing our dependence. And and we also know from Scripture that really intentionally practicing gratitude changes our mindset, too. Uh, I was had um, someone tell me about Ann Voskamp's book a while back and 
Uh, it's got a thousand in the title, but the upshot was she had gone through a tragedy and somebody challenged her to list a thousand things that she was thankful for. And so mm-hmm. that activity of being intentionally gracious, not gra- gracious, but intentionally cultivating gratitude, that transforms our thoughts and our hearts and our souls at a much deeper level. Uh, and then, you know, you listen to Don't Stop Believing and it's just sort of <laughs> icing on the cake. No, it's great tips, Adam. Certainly in a time where I know that for me the other morning, I said, I just got to shut off the news for today. I don't even want to take in, in, another soundbite. My family and I were driving in our van last night to my parents' 54th wedding anniversary, and we had our playlist out. And it really does help to to get out of Dodge in some of those ways, both you know practically and fun with music. And then, as you said, spending the discipline of gratitude. Thanks, as always, for the voice oh. of wisdom and some of what you're covering here for us here on PluggedIn.com. Absolutely, Peter. Love talking with you guys every Friday. Yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. We'll take a short break here for Breakpoint, some bottom of the hour news, and then we're going to have uh, finish the show with a conversation with Diane Latiker uh, with the book Kids Off the Block. Very inspiring story about somebody who has interceded in the brokenness of a community in some powerful ways. Well, some 30 years ago, my wife and I drove from the Minneapolis area six hours south uh, to Chicago to get involved in a community for the first time in one of the most at-risk communities in uh, the western suburbs of Chicago. And uh, my parents had forged a relationship with an inner-city pastor down there called Raleigh. His name was Raleigh Washington, and they were working in the youth. And, and uh, my little sheltered suburban life was uh, pretty broken up in going into that space in that community. We had just missed uh, by about 20 minutes um, a drug-running shootout that had happened. The broken glass was still all over the street and I thought there is a different world out here where I don't understand and people are hurting and suffering and without hope and in the midst of that we're going to invite Dan Latiker into the program here in just a couple minutes. She has a book that is titled Kids Off the Block and it's a very inspiring story of the hope of the kingdom when it intersects with some of the most difficult realities of our world. What can happen to change lives? So stay with us. It'll be a great interview coming up next with Diane Latiker. This is Max Lucado. Look at Martha's words. Lord, if only, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Something moved Martha from complaint to confession. And Jesus responded with a death-defying promise. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Do you believe this? Martha has had plenty of time to give up on Jesus. Yet now he asks, Martha, do you believe that I am the Lord of all, even of the cemetery? Martha wasn't ready to say Jesus could raise the dead. Even so, she gave him a triple tribute. She called him the Messiah, the Son of God, and the one who has come into the world. John 11 and verse 27. She mustered a mustard seed confession, and that was enough for Jesus. Remember, my friend, you are never alone. Welcome back to Mornings Without Carmen this morning. I'm Peter Kapsner filling in for today on the 6th of November and delighted to be joined at this time by author Diane Latiker, who's written a beautiful book called Kids Off the Block, the inspiring true story of one woman's quest to protect Chicago's most vulnerable youth. Good morning, Diane. 
Good morning. How are you? Well, doing well. So uh, delighted to have you join us. I know I was referencing just a few minutes ago that my first uh, exposure to maybe some of the the profound difficulties of life uh, came about 30 years ago when my wife and I drove into the midst of inner city Chicago. I know you're on the south side. This is the west side and and saw some of the brokenness that people are living in day in and day out. I would love for you to just as we get started this morning, maybe take our listeners into the scene of what just daily life can sometimes be like, because I think we sort of get insulated too often, or maybe it's just a quick headline that passes. But these are minute by minute moments in people's lives. These are hour by hour days that to get up in the morning and and to face another day like this can be really difficult. Yes, it can. And uh, well, first, let me say thank you. I I really appreciate the opportunity to share about my community. Um, Waking up every day, you have to be hopeful Mm. uh, in my community because so much happens and so much can happen. And um, I attribute my faith to everything because I probably wouldn't get out of bed. I probably wouldn't even want to do it. Um, But I know that this is what God wants us to do. So I get up and I try to figure out how I can help because right now, especially now uh, people need all each other. You know, we all need each other. It's um, it was already, my community was already in turmoil because of violence and uh, the young people here, they needed a safe space and they needed a place they could come to not only learn and um, to create, but also just a place in the community where they could feel safe and um, they could flourish. And so taking on that for all these years, um, my community has changed somewhat. Um, And I'm not saying that's because of just us. There are other people like me, but getting up every morning and realizing that each day, if you're not prayerful a Mm. lot, or if you're not um, involved like God wants you to be, it can be very, very frustrating. Mm. Yeah, no, I know, Dan, the the things that um, people are participating with day in and day out. I remember standing in lines um, just helping to serve some food in the community and and people needed to have a ticket to come in to to participate in the food. And and I asked uh, one uh, lovely young man for his ticket and he sort of opened up his shirt, ripping apart the buttons. And he had a scar from navel to to sternum. And he said, this is my ticket. And I said, you know what, that is your ticket and coming in. And it just, you know, know the stories. And I'm curious, how did you get involved or how did you start beginning to develop a sense of compassion for for what you saw around you? Did you you have an angel of the Lord visit sometime and tell you you should get in this ministry? I mean, it's hardly ever that way, right? Dan, you just begin to, to wonder some different directions about what you can do with with God's kingdom. Well, actually, it was an angel. It was my mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's, I, my husband and I have eight kids of our own. We have four boys and four girls. And uh, we had one at home who was 13. She was the last one. Um, and, you know, just wanted to make sure she graduated from high school and went to college. And my mom, who's a minister, she saw that I was with Aisha and her friends. That's my daughter. And um and I would take them places. And she said, you should do something with those kids. They like and respect <laughs> you. And I'm running. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I will be free when Aisha's gone. <laughs> and I could go fishing. I'm th- that's my mindset. And um, she, she, um, she told me that. And I prayed. I literally prayed for three days. And this voice came to me and said, just go out and talk to them. Mm. And I did. I talked to her friends. And I invited them into my living room and sat down and listened and realized you know, the things they were going through. I thought I knew these kids. I did not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the gangs were were uh, recruiting the boys and they were failing in school. And when I tell you that um, 
I, I felt a sense of urgency, like, Lord, why me? I, I don't have any degrees. I don't have any money. I, you know, what can I do? And um, it just, as, as clear as day, just listen. And that's what I did. And I started to help uh, and with homework. And from there, other kids start coming to my house. And, and I knew that was God because kids just don't go to strangers' houses. <laughs> <laughs> and looked up and there were 75 of them day and night. And so um, that was it for me. Yeah. I knew right then. I, I knew it was God's plan, not mine. Well, Dan, I think what you're describing is so invitational. I love the idea that you said, you know, hey, I don't have any fancy degrees. And, and uh, I think sometimes that we qualify or disqualify ourselves based on whether or not we have the fancy, fancy degrees and the requisite training. And, and I don't know about you, Diane, but I find that what the scriptures seem to teach that it, it, it God is always upending the wisdom of the world. And it's hardly ever the fancy degrees and the important positions and the flowing robes and all of that that get access to a different kind of power in God's kingdom. But you simply just said, you know what, I am going to step into this thing. It's such an invitation for all of us, right? To just say, hey, Lord, use me. I think about a woman that I know that just said, uh, I'm just going to be available uh, to whoever needs help in the year ahead. That was her prayer, and God was calling her in that direction. It was amazing who began to cross her path in the midst of all of this. And this is kind of the invitation, right? That's it. That's it. There is no, you, you, and you're right, we do, we disqualify ourselves mm. when God has already qualified us because he chose me with my flawed self, with my, you know, with all my issues. He still said, Diane Latiker, you're going to do this. And I had to first deal with that. But then I, but then I realized it was his calling. It was, it was meant for me. And he wasn't like, um, you know, can you do this? Will you do? No, <laughs> you're qualified to do this. Let's do this. And so I jumped in head, you know, head and feet and, I, I, when I tell you, oh, wow, it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. I thank God every day that he uses me. And I tell him all the time, use me, use me, use me till you use me up. Let me help. Let me do what I can. And um, and I tell you something else. When he does that, when you know that it's him that's doing this, he opens doors to people's lives who you never thought that you would be able to help. You mm. know, um, and it's been amazing. It's been amazing. Mm, we're chatting with Diane Latiker this morning. The book is Kids Off the Block. Can't recommend it highly enough. You can go to any of the, the usual sites, whether it be Amazon or uh, a different site online to pick up the book. Again, Kids Off the Block. Diane, when we come back from break in just a minute, I would love to, to tell some of the, have you tell some of the, the stories of both what it's like to be in the grind of the daily life of ministry like this, because it isn't all uh, you know unicorns, puppies, and roses, but at the same time, right. there are stories of profound transformation that happen too. So love to get in those stories next year with Diane Latiker on Mornings Without Carmen. When we are chatting with Diane Latiker, author uh, of a new book coming out here that is called Kids Off the Block. Great book. Diane is a top 10 CNN hero of the year from 2011 for her work with at-risk uh, Chicago teens and many of the national news outlets. And Diane, we are talking even just during the break a bit about when you, when you say yes to the invitation of God to invite you to minister and be an ambassador on behalf of his kingdom, it's not all puppies and cotton candy, right? Oh, no, no. And you know what I found out after 17 years, it's not meant to be. Hmm. It's, it's it, to me, it's a way of God keeping you prayerful, making your faith stronger and believing in him, trusting him. 
And believe me, I've had some times where I've had, I had nothing else but to trust God. And I realized too, that I, a lot of times I had to step out of the way for him to do what he needed to do. Mm. Because Diane Latiker wanted to solve everything and be the brains or whatever. But I, I believe God does all that so he so he can make us stronger in him. Hmm. There is a stripping away that happens, isn't there, Diane, in terms of just, you know, so often when things are difficult, it, it is really just simply God doing the beautiful and hard work of surgery so our hearts become less divided in, in his kingdom. And we get to see his miracles. Mm. People seem to think in this day and time there are no miracles from God. I'm a, let me tell you, I have so many stories of them um, where he's shown himself and no one, no one, no human could have done what he's done in my life. So um, I think that's what, what the hard times are for and the the times where I wanted to quit every day because Mm. I'm like, how can I do this? I can't do this, you know? Um, And God has shown me that, yes, you can, because you, I'm backing you. Everything is possible. And Dan, the most uh, profound miracles perhaps are coming from darkness into light. And, and I know in the midst of the grind and in the difficulty and the wake up in the morning and say, I can't do it again today. And, and yet somehow God gives strength to, to continue. You have seen so much of the, the darkness come to light. There really is a power available uh, in God's kingdom that, that it can overcome the world. So tell us some stories that you've witnessed over these 17 years of ministry. Oh, my God. I've witnessed young people literally that were in gangs and hard, hard, just hopeless. And I've seen them change their lives um, and come back and help their communities. I've seen young people who didn't believe in anyone, anything, didn't trust anybody, become trustful, become believers who who, who just, just, it, it gets me emotional to even think mm-hmm. about where they come from and where they are now. And they have come back to tell me Miss Diane, if it wasn't for this, what you did here or what you did there, you know, um, I'd be dead or in jail. And it just makes me emotional to know that they feel like that Uh, and believe that God said, just do this or just do that. Some small thing. People think we have to do big things. If we do whatever God wants us to do, sometimes it's so small until um, you don't think you have an impact with it's huge to the person that you're doing it for. Hmm. I'm so glad you said that, Dan, because I think sometimes, and, and I do work with young people here, and sometimes they're uh, going to get involved in some form of vocational ministry, and, and there is this sense in which, well, I have to do big things for God, however you would define a big thing, to somehow be significant in its kingdom. But boy, it hardly ever works that way, right? I mean, this is God's kingdom and not ours, and, and if we just faithfully walk it out day in and day out, big things will happen, even if they're not considered big by earthly standards. That's right. Like this 13-year-old that came to my door who came, he said, are you Miss Diane? And I said, yes, I am. He said, you're the lady they say can help me. And I'm like, what? Who, me? (laughs) And he said, yeah, yeah, I want to change my life. And I literally looked at him and said, you have no life. You're only 13 years old. You've done nothing. (laughs) No, Miss Diane, I have. He said, I rob people. He said, I steal. Mm. I beat up people. He said, I want to change my life. And I I opened up my door and let him into my living room and listened to him and found out how hard it was for him and his mom. And 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 he just wanted somewhere to be and he wanted someone to believe in him. And, and it, it, that's all it took was for me to open my door. It was as simple as that. Mm. And, and this young man became a mentor. 
And that piece of it, Dan, that you just referenced, the idea of becoming a mentor, I think one thing that we sometimes maybe don't see, at least I don't see it, is the, how God's economy ripples out, right? In, in God's economic reality, it, it, it is the life that is legitimately changed. But we're talking about how this then ripples out for generations. There's this multiplying effect that begins to break certain kinds of cycles and introduces a new kind of cycle into the future. And, and I've got to believe you've seen some of that as well as people have come you know, out of darkness into light, that then they turn and bring light uh, into the generations that come. Yes, yes. It's the seed, right? Right. It's really true. It's like people think it's just a cliche, but if you plant that seed, and I believe that's what God has us to do, he chooses, he gives us all talent. We all have our own talent. How we use it is is the thing. And I believe uh, he gave me the ability to plant seeds and to see those seeds flourish and be planted elsewhere. I think that's, that's what God wants us to do, um, of kindness and love and care and sharing. Um, and hope. We started the program this morning, Diane, with uh, John uh, chapter 16, verse 33, uh, where Jesus does invite his followers. And, and I'm guessing you can probably attest to this. There, It says that in this world, you will have trouble, but take care. I have overcome the world. And I would imagine uh, that there have been plenty of sleepless nights that you've had in the midst of all of this. Uh, can you just speak a bit about maybe the hope that you find in the kingdom in the midst of all of the trouble that you're walking in? Well, I lead off with my husband every night said, when you go to bed, go to sleep. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting up. I'm sitting up. I, I, I get so excited about what God is going to do the next day and um, who, who he's going to allow me to help and what, what young person is going to be able to live and their families won't have to worry about them being killed or locked up. I, I, it's so many variables to God, so many things that he does within a day um, that you, you be, you, you're moving through them, so you, you barely get to stop and talk about them. Uh, but when later on that night, I, it's barely, I can't hardly go to sleep because he's done <laughs> so much. He's done so much in one day to affirm that this is right, that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And really, that's enough for me. Um, when I look at God and I see that he chose me, like he chooses millions of us, you know, it's just, if we just listen, if we just listen, we all can do something and we all should, you know, um, because God blessed us with this world and our families. And um, I just wish, you know, it would get out how powerful he is and what his mission is to to have this world, to love each other and to to, to care for each other. Hmm. Dan, we have just a little bit less than a minute left, but uh, you've been doing this for 17 years. Worth continuing to follow Jesus into the unknown for the next 17? Oh, yeah. I'm on the ride. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, the book is outstanding called Kids Off the Block. To our listeners, I highly re- recommend going and finding again the, the author is Diane Latiker, Kids Off the Block. And I think the invitation is not just to understand the ministry that Diane has been a part of for 17 years, but to take the words that she said that all of us can begin to say yes to God in ways that may not seem big, but boy, are they big on behalf of the kingdom. Diane, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. Yeah, pleasure to have you. We'll take a short break here and wrap up our show for the 6th of November on Mornings Without Carmen.
Man, Paul, I don't know about you, but I think I could have listened to Diane Latiker talk mm-hmm. about God's kingdom and ministry on its behalf uh, for many, many hours ahead. I think about what Adam Holt said at the start of this hour when he was talking about the need to sort of step out of the difficult headlines of the day and sometimes get a little shot of dopamine for some music lists and stuff like that. And I agree 100% with that idea, but I think there's even a deeper invitation that Diane led us into to remember who we are and the journey that we're on. And there's a power available in this world that the world simply cannot overcome in the midst of all this trial and difficulty. Yeah, we have a tendency to want to escape the yeah. trials, and she's allowing herself to get in there and just kind of, okay, I know this ain't pretty, but I want to bring beauty into it. it, it's, it it's a mission. It is, you know, and God has some sort of unusual but very powerful way to continue to strengthen and encourage us in the midst of all of that difficulty. I just, uh, I, I can't talk myself into getting up again in the morning and trying to interact into the difficulty of this world. But boy, it is odd when God comes with the, with the comfort of His Spirit to continue to take step after step on this journey of life. And that's better than being a chocoholic, yeah, because right? I am. You <laughs> know, you, that's know, dopamine stuff it. there too. You know, but I totally uh, get it. But to actually taste and see God's goodness in situations better. Yeah, the beautiful psalm. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And uh, that's what we can close with here this morning on Mornings Without Carmen. And thinking about, again, that passage, uh, in light of the things that we do see, like the coronavirus and the difficulty of the election and all of where we are as a country, that we as believers have the opportunity to focus not on those things that are seen because they are temporary as difficult as they are, but we will focus on that which is unseen. And that is the beautiful kingdom of Jesus, which will reign forever and ever and ever. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll catch you soon here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.